We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. And joining alongside me, as always, is Jake Latarski. Week three is in the books, and injuries are heating up. In particular, we had quarterbacks last week, and now we have Saquon Barkley out mm-hmm. for possibly four to eight weeks. And now probably the meat of this podcast. But first, I want to talk about the Monday Night Football game, which was oddly compelling for a half. And you could, whatever fan side you are, you could choose which half you were in. So you, being a Mitchell Trubisky tr- uh, truther throughout, it feels like the offseason and have been largely ridiculed by me and me only. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and as I should so. be. Yeah, as I should be. I thought he was going to be better. That's fair. He, he, had, had, a decent, fantastic, he yeah. had a fantastic first half. Mm-hmm. They were up, I think, either 21 nothing or 28 nothing. Um, the Bears defense looked like the Bears defense, which just seems to be each and every week. They forced Case Keem to have a career-high five turnovers. And, you know, I guess that makes mm-hmm. some sense because they're they're pretty darn good defense and Cleo mm-hmm. Mack and the rest of the company is uh, fantastic. They had, I think, a pick six from HaHa Clinton Dix, former Packer, to start yeah, the game. Yeah, that was right at the beginning. Interesting. But then we saw the Redskins kind of come back and Terry McLaurin uh, got a touchdown once again at this point. And I, I'm curious to hear your opinion. Is he a must start? 
Like, is he matchup proof? I, I almost feel like Terry McLaurin is matchup proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I definitely have to agree with that. He's going to be definitely a top 25 receiver uh, week in and week out. The volume's there. That's definitely half of it. And it certainly looks like the skills there as well. I mean, he caught six of his eight targets, 70 yards and a touchdown was the line there. Paul Richardson has a little bit better line. But if you look over the course of the year, McLaurin's been way more consistent. They don't really have much of a running game to speak of. You know, they don't have a real tight end in my opinion i think i'm just salty because uh i need six points from vernon davis last night yeah, i got three yeah. it was wonderful um but so so i mean there's no running game there's not a ton of options he's getting the volume he's got the consistency the only uh slight concern would be is if they make a change at quarterback how that would affect him so as long as case keenum's there we know case keenum's bad here i mean we saw that last night but in terms of like actually getting his receivers the ball and, and league experience he's okay then you r- run into someone like grant Dwayne Haskins that is a complete wild card so that's really the only the only red flag with Scary Terry here I think we need to continue with that nickname that's awesome if you're a Rick and oh, Morty yeah. fan out there um, you're, <laughs> you're quite familiar with uh, with Scary Terry from the Inception episode of course but uh, but no I think uh, yeah you put him right now as pr- definitely a top 30 top 25 rest of, receiver rest of season but again there's that slight lingering concern in the background I mean Shanahan said afterwards, no, we're not going to make a quarterback change. That's the last thing these guys needs to needs to shake things up at this point. And granted, Case Keenum did play uh, one of the best defenses in the league, the consensus number one fantasy defense with loads of playmakers. Um, but, but, but yeah, so... I, I guess to, to bring this full circle, yeah, he's a must-start for now uh, unless circumstances were to change. Well, I was going to bring up the quarterback situation next, and maybe it's preemptive because we're talking about some more quarterbacks that kind of stepped in and did well. Unfortunately, Mason Rudolph was not one of them. We were high on him last week, but it's going to happen at some point. The Redskins were not going to be a good team entering this year. We knew that. Uh, I don't know if we knew. I mean, frankly, they actually were pretty competitive in week one, and they did better than I probably would have thought given the first half start against the Bears in week three. But this result, the own three record to start the season, was to be expected, in my opinion. Dwayne Haskins is going to play at some point. Now, I disagree with you on Case Keenum being a bad quarterback. I think he's a little below league average. And frankly, when you see the Joe Flacco's of the world trotting out and Eli Manning even for three weeks, that was an embarrassment to the NFL to see those guys continue to be quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I think Case Keenum is actually a little better than that. But Dwayne Haskins is the future for the Redskins. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a bad thing for Terry McLaurin if Haskins ends up starting, right? They are both mm-hmm. players at Ohio State. Yeah. They have a, a repertoire together with one another. I think the reason they probably drafted Terry as high as they did was in large part to benefit Dwayne Haskins if and once he ends up playing. And mm-hmm. it feels like it's formality at this point. Would you be preemptively bidding in deeper leagues? Like I'm thinking maybe an NFFC league if you are in need of a quarterback with the Cam Newtons and Drew Brees and Ben Roethlisberger's out mm-hmm. for an extended time. Would you go ahead and bid on Dwayne Haskins and make maybe a, a small marginal bid? So there's a lot of quarterbacks th- this week that meet our threshold. So in single quarterback leagues, I would probably rather go for one of the guys that's playing right now instead of uh, waste a roster spot and then maybe wait till I don't know, week 10 to see Haskins or something like that. In two quarterback leagues, though, I can absolutely see you making that. Now, it's it's tough to stomach that when you have no idea when the announcement's going to come. Obviously, with Daniel Jones, it came a lot sooner than what people thought. And, you know, Jones, someone who sits at, we'll get to that in a sec. It's at 19% owned. Obviously, you'd rather, you'd absolutely rather take him. Um, 
but a couple bucks, get them while you can't uh, get them while you can get them at a low cost instead of you know waiting until one more Keenum blow up, then the announcement gets made, then we know Haskins is going to start, and all of a sudden he's a thirty year fat budget type player. So uh, yeah, there are absolutely formats where I'd be making preemptive bids there. The only thing I want to draw from Monday's game was actually that Taylor Gabriel had led the team in targets and receptions tied with Allen Robinson. Robinson had six catches for 60 yards on seven targets. Gabriel had six catches for 75 yards on seven targets and three touchdowns all again in the first half. He left with a concussion, I think uh, midway through the third quarter or somewhere Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter. So frankly, he could have even bigger day. And given how the Redskins kind of came back, I wouldn't have been surprised if they utilized Gabriel more. How do you factor him in when you're looking at your waiver wire claims? Everyone was in on Anthony Miller as maybe the second mm-hmm. year standout and was going to improve with the Bears offense doing significantly better. Well, that hasn't surfaced. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't dropped him already, I think oh, yeah. it's, it's fair to 100% say Anthony Miller's cut. Right. Yeah. yeah, he should be gone. But what do you do with Gabriel? Yeah, he's a tough one. And I was really racking my brain to try to find an analogy for him. And it's not the player type, but it reminds me a little bit of uh, almost like a Steve Smith situation over the last couple of years of his mm-hmm. career when he breaks out early in the season, has a couple of huge games, and then just kind of fell off, you know, never maintained. Um, Gabriel certainly has this big game potential. But, I mean, weeks one and two against the Packers, who obviously we have a much a much better defense than, than what anyone really thought, uh, two catches for 24 yards at Denver, um, you know, decent defense there you know I don't know how much Chris Harris he got exactly in that game one catch for 11 yards it combined seven targets over the first four weeks then all of a sudden he gets a uh a, you know a really juicy matchup gets seven targets you know the, as much as weeks one and two combined and then he goes nuts um he's a serviceable PPR option I I think uh once if this type of volume can keep up obviously weeks one and two you don't really say the word serviceable PPR option then you got the concussion here you got Minnesota another real tough matchup uh this week and then you know at Oakland that's a better matchup but then they've got their bye so if if you're making a bid on him I didn't even look up his ownership percentage for this because it he just doesn't interest me a ton rest of season overall despite the big game I'm gonna let somebody else you know spend the money on them and and save it for my budget for later on in the year I don't want many shares of the Bears offense either but it is intriguing you're right though he plays the uh, the vikings next week and with the concussion it's entirely possible mm-hmm. he doesn't play altogether the raiders though that might be a matchup where it works out and mm-hmm. frankly the saints defense we saw josh norman last night uh kind of shadowing Allen robinson throughout most of the game i imagine a marcus Lattimore would do the same thing and depending on what the game script of that saints bears game would look like there might be a situation of ppr league where gabriel's getting five to eight catches now mm-hmm. are you going to be targeting a person in fab or your waiver wire claim three weeks in advance no i i don't i don't mm-hmm. think that's the case and and that's where if you're going to be a little bit more aggressive there's probably other targets specifically the wayne goblins of the world and a few more of those receivers that might be under 50 percent owners rate on yahoo mm-hmm. which we'll talk about more it's interesting in a deeper league i get it 14 team 16 team yeah 100 percent. he needs to be mm-hmm. picked up or at least rostered and frankly could be starting I don't know if you want to go that direction, even 10, 10 or 12 team formats, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. Like I said, there's some there's some PPR upside for sure, but there's just there's other guys out there that can contribute immediately with less uncertainty that would be more worthy of your fab bids. We're going to double back to David Montgomery, who had 13 carries for 67 yards when we discuss a little bit more of Saquon Barkley's situation. And same goes with Adrian Peterson, who was at least the primary ball carrier once again for the Redskins, but only 12 carries, 37 yards. Game script got out of hand. Real quick, we're going to get back to those guys uh, when we talk a little bit more of the running backs. But first, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter 
trailer and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little bit of cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. All right. Again, as we're talking about the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, and defenses, we are making these recommendations based off of the 12-team league formats that we have, $100 waiver or fab budgets, and then we're trying to feature players that are under 50% owned on Yahoo. Now, that might not always apply for a few of these guys, but for the most part, that's the guys we're looking at right now. And I know you want to talk a little bit about some more stats that were oriented mm-hmm. in this podcast as yeah. well. We also need to mention off the bat, Jets and 49ers on a bye this week. We actually yes. have real bye weeks. It's week Ooh. four. Uh, we're here to go. And now this is when listening to the waiver wire podcast hopefully gives you the most utility uh, when you've got guys you got to sit down. Now, um, unless you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, there's probably not a ton of fantasy assets between these two guys that you were trotting out every week, unless you were trying to squeeze something out of Matt or Matt Breida. I was going to say, or, how dare you insult Matt Breida like that? Yeah, unless you're trying to squeeze something out of Matt Breida, <laughs> or maybe maybe you knew something everybody else in the world didn't about Jeff Wilson's red zone carries. Uh, you know, the, possible. But I uh, do have him in two leagues. Jeez, I didn't start him. <laughs> I was going to say he's one of those players that you pick up. Yeah, but you but you just you can't start. <laughs> so many of those guys. But anyway, yeah, I wanted I wanted to review last week. Um, I was trying to find some kind of independent third party because I can say with the eye test or like I started Mason Rudolph in a league. He got me two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But I went to the Pro Football Focus uh, the passing grades and the offensive grades. I got some really interesting numbers here. Um, first off, Mason Rudolph was essentially this the last quarterback that played the full full game. He was the lowest ranked quarterback for week three. Um, didn't look great in that matchup. I, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of that myself. So I'm glad I'm checking out another third party to kind of see, um, you know, what they compared to and if I can continue to use him in the week where uh, in the league where I had to pick him up in favor of Cam Newton, who was hurt. Now, of course, you know, Cam Newton has a list Frank injury and uh, he's probably a drop candidate for me. And I'm probably going to look to grab uh, some Kyle Allen. He, I, I had the, in- whatever instinct got me to use him in DFS this week, uh, Obviously got Good rewarded with with yeah. uh, with four touchdown passes for what's essentially a minimum price player. He was the um, he's the highest overall offensive quarterback grade from week three according to Pro Football Focus and the second highest uh, pure passing grade. So that's 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 really good news. And we know what the Cam uh, Newton list Frank injury that's going to be. Uh, it could, it could be a rest of the season thing. Who knows how long they, they wait, they, they keep him out and uh, try to go. So uh, um, on top of that, I mean, some of these guys middle of the pack, Gardner Minshew checked in at six overall. I still think he's interesting just because uh, he's a fun player at all. Because you like his mustache, just yes, be honest. Yes, just because be the mustache, the, it's real sexy, Joe, and I think uh, everyone's going to need to come to terms with that eventually. <laughs> we already have. Fantasy there's, football. there's not a person in America that's not like, man, that mustache is is awful. No yeah. one is saying that. There's not a single person. Exactly. And yeah, and then, uh, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a, seemed to have a pretty good game, too. He, he checked in at number uh, 22 in the list, so not too bad. Daniel Jones is 18, so these guys all over the place, but just the, the big standouts are the ones that surprised me, is apparently these graders don't like Mason Rudolph, and they love of Kyle Allen, which was very interesting to me. So uh, we went through this. Uh, we went through a pretty big list of quarterbacks, and I mean, there's a few guys I think that are worth rehashing a little bit, maybe uh, that still fit our thresholds that are going to be factors the rest of the season. And the first guy that came to mind is. Uh, Daniel Jones, only 19% on Yahoo. Obviously, uh, you know, Liz had plenty of time to talk about him on yesterday's show, so we don't necessarily get into it. But uh, I don't know. What are you thinking about him for the rest of the season? Can he keep this up, especially without Saquon Barkley, which uh, we'll get into in a little bit here? I'm way more interested in Kyle Allen. And that's not to say I'm not interested in Daniel Jones, 
but the game script and you talked about the DFS asset, I was all in on Kyler Murray, the opposite side of that. But the Panthers and Cardinals entering mm-hmm. week three were the two highest paced offenses in the league so far. So it made some I sense that this was going to happen. And we knew that mm-hmm. the Cardinals secondary was not very good. All that being said, I think the pass catchers for the Panthers are significantly better than the Giants. And it's crazy for me to say that not so much that the Panthers and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and Greg Olson are good, but I'm surprised at how good the Giants pass catchers are and they have Golden Tate coming back. Mm -hmm. I still like what the Carolina offense has more to to do, but Daniel Jones' rushing floor makes him probably some more probably more serviceable. And frankly, he's in a bigger market. There was more um, hullabaloo about his draft status and everyone is more interested in Daniel Jones just to do the I told you so is one way or another. So I think he's going to have more people interested in him. Mm-hmm. But I actually like the the, uh, the Carolina Panthers offense with Kyle Allen significantly mm-hmm. more than the Giants offense. And that's not to say I don't yeah. like Daniel Jones mm-hmm. either. Yeah, that's, that's a very, very interesting point here. Uh, of course, man, I've just first off, I'm taking it back that it's week four. We're doing a waiver wire podcast. And one of the top guys at each of the key positions is a New York Giant. I did not. I didn't see that coming. And we'll get to that in a second here. Um, but so looking to the rest of the season rankings, getting back on track a little bit here. Now, full disclosure, Liss has final say on these uh, on the Rotowire <laughs> website. So, you know, just just take with that uh, what you might. Daniel Jones is number 14 overall, just behind Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, just ahead of Jameis Winston and Josh Allen. Um, and then you look to uh, you look down to Kyle Allen. He is down at 22, just one ahead of Gardner Minshew. So all these guys are starters in two quarterback leagues. And then, you know, we kind of get to that bottom barrel, Mason Rudolph at 28. So. Um, as far as where all those guys go, I wanted to show you know another perspective. Then I wanted to show our perspective or our perspective as a site, and then we kind of got into it, you and me, a little bit. So I'm happy that we uh, discussed this a little bit. The upcoming schedule for Kyle Allen, which makes things very interesting, at Houston, home against Jacksonville, at Tampa Bay, not the best, not the worst either. Um, the, the weapons, you're right, they do intrigue me. I don't know how many uh, how many weeks more weeks I'll be able to afford a Kyle Allen, Greg Olson DFS stack, but. Uh, might, might try it again a couple of times here. So um, overall, yeah, Daniel Jones is the flashy, flashy name. Uh, I think I'm going to put a bid on him again in the league where uh, where I picked up Mason Rudolph. Probably going to cut Cam Newton. I'm going to put a bid on Daniel Jones, but I'm going to put another bid on Kyle Allen. It won't be as high as my bid on Daniel Jones, but I think I'm more likely to get Kyle Allen because somebody's going to overpay for Daniel All Jones. All right, so you are you want Daniel Jones, like if everything is even, you want Daniel Jones before Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, part of it was, a lot of it was, uh, I mean, it's a one-game sample size against the team Arizona for, uh, I'm talking about Kyle Allen here, against the team Arizona that helps everybody with pace and has been one of the worst against right. the past all season. So, you know, I got to take that into account when evaluating these. And I think, I mean, again, this is just just eye test, but Daniel Jones seems super mobile too, and he's got a little bit of that Josh Allen love. I'm not saying the yeah. arm strength's the same there, but you know that that little bit where you know you get four, five, six points rushing that boosts the floor up a little bit, and uh, Daniel Jones that defense. I mean, not saying the Carolina defense is excellent or anything, but the Giants defense is pretty horrific to me. Uh, I mean, they're giving up points left and right, so Daniel Jones is going to be chasing and playing comebacks, and he's going to take his lumps, I'm sure. But I think uh, the floor over there is a little bit higher. Now that doesn't mean I'm more likely to get him because somebody's going to pay more than I'm willing to, and I'll probably end up with Kyle Allen, and I'll be okay with it, and, and I'm probably going to do a lot of streaming in that particular Cam Newton league. Man, at the beginning of the year, I was so excited to get Cam Newton for two bucks, and that just unraveled so fast here. But uh, yeah. yeah, so those guys are all in play. I mean, you know, will I consider 
maybe a Teddy Bridgewater if he has a decent matchup and I can get him for nothing in a given week. Yeah, maybe I, I'll flip flop and uh, and go around there a little bit. But uh, and then the rest of the guys, you know, your Luke Falks or your Haskins isn't going to be able to pay off for a while. You know, those types of guys. Someone snagged Gardner Minshew and is more excited about it than I would ever expect in in that league. So these are the options I'm looking at right now and. Uh, who knows? Maybe I can get some utility the rest of the year. I've got I'm I'm two and one in that league, and I've gotten zero utility out of my quarterbacks all season long. So if I can solve that problem, you know, it's a like Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, uh, you know, if Leonard Fournette can get on track, Travis Kelsey, that kind of thing. I've got a pretty loaded roster. Just got to fix the quarterback problem. I have Cam Newton in the RotoWire Online Championship, the NFFC one, and I wrote the article about, it, and that was a whole issue of despair when I was writing because I, I didn't get Lamar Jackson I had gotten a little bit too cute my picks and I was like oh I need Tyrell Williams instead and Williams has been great and that's fine but I'm really kicking myself now and I wasn't even a huge fan of Cam Newton at the time when I drafted him he was QB 12 when that occurs like well I guess even the floor feels fine and and this mm-hmm. is now to the point where I agree with you. Even in an NFFC league where we're talking ten t- or twelve teams and twenty roster spots for each person, I'm still dropping him in that situation. I have Derek Carr as my only other quarterback, and frankly, he was okay. And that's kind of all I really needed from my second quarterback when I had Cam Newton ahead of him. But now I am going to be playing QB roulette, and I think Kyle Allen's going to be a target of mine if he's not already picked up. And I I, I like what Daniel Jones is, did at least against the Buccaneers, but I think the Buccaneers are one of those teams that play to whatever their competition is, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they beat the Panthers at Carolina on a Thursday night game. And I know those Thursday night games are fluky. I, I've been saying that now for three weeks, but that should still mean something. And I think the defense is certainly better than the Buccaneers of the past. So I don't know what to make of Daniel Jones necessarily. However, I do want to talk about a little bit the point that people are saying, oh, well, we know Daniel Jones is going to be the starter for the rest of the season. We don't know if Kyle Allen's going to be the starter of the rest of the season. So therefore, mm-hmm. let's invest more capital, whether it be your waiver wire claim or fab budge not. Do we really know that? Do do you really feel certain that Daniel Jones is going to be the starter for the same amount of time that Kyle Allen's going to be the starter? Like, a Liz Frank injury is serious. Mm-hmm. And Cam Newton did not look good as the quarterback even the last two or three weeks before that. I, I don't... What's why are we supposed to assume that Kyle Allen's not going to be playing for the same majority of time that Daniel Jones is? It, well, especially because if both of these teams are bad and we seem to expect both of these teams to be, you know, relatively bad, you know, throughout the course of the rest of the season, uh, you know, the Giants will play their, uh, you know, their kid. And, you know, maybe the Panthers will, too, because why trot Cam Newton out there? Save him for another year. See if he's got anything left uh, beyond that. So. Yeah, it's 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 a tough dilemma, and I see the case that you're trying to make. I think in the end, I rank him Jones, Allen, and then I'd probably put uh, let's say Gardner Minshew in there just because I love him. Or um, and, and I think you're and you're probably closer along the lines to Allen Jones, number three. Uh, yeah, and then I would probably go with Gardner Minshew. Frankly, I, I feel like mm-hmm. he's already been picked up. So if we're talking about waiver wear mm-hmm. additions, I would he's I would go eight percent owned in Yahoo leagues. Well, he's yeah. owned somehow in some of my leagues. Um you know I think so, <laughs> someone must have heard our, our Scooby Doo Stephen King jokes last yes. week and uh we're like I gotta get this guy. Um but he's only eight percent owned so he's out there if he's available. That's Mason Rudolph still twelve percent, Teddy Bridgewater six percent, uh Luke Falk irrelevant, you know. I'm Kyle Allen, Daniel Jones and I'll go Gardner Minshew and I'll just throw Bridgewater in there as number four mm-hmm. i was i was pleasantly surprised we had bashed him on the previous podcast and rightfully so after he filled mm-hmm. in for drew Brees and did not do anything against the rams defense yeah. but he looked to have those short throws a little bit more accurate elvin mm-hmm. kamara had a big day he, and i he was not he was ready to go for that game yeah, yeah i was I, he definitely exceeded expectations and i mean geez we didn't even know 
we hardly knew during the pod last week that Daniel Jones was definitely taking over or that it well, was going to be Kyle Allen right. or we were Will, all Will, Will Greer. Greer right. We were all over the place here. So the, obviously this changes a lot, and I'm glad we were able to hash this out a little bit. Pretty close in our top three, but uh, hopefully gave you guys some direction uh, with those fab bids. Before we get to the Wayne Gallman portion of the podcast and it probably will just be specifically him let's get a word from our sponsors fantasy draft fantasy draft the only rake free daily fantasy site in the business brings the heat again with a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar guaranteed rake free contest the hooter main event with its 100 100 first place payout this is the largest and only rake free contest running anywhere for nfl week four that's right fantasy draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100 percent of the time not just for limited time promotional contests Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE, and you'll get a free seven day trial on your first $1,000 of rake free entry fees. That's fantasydraft.com. Promo code RotoWire. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fancy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Of course, you can register at FancyDraft.com to take part in the rake-free revolution. Again, use promo code RotoWire to get in on that deal. All right. So we talked about uh, Jalen Samuels, Caleb Blash, Chase Edmonds, Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson, of course, scored the two touchdowns like you mentioned earlier. We did miss on Jordan Wilkins last week, and I think Marlon Mack's injury kind of became more serious uh, mm-hmm. Thursday or Friday. And I, I, neither of us really anticipated that, but there was the case and Jeff Erickson was pretty high in him. I think he puts $27 in our stake league budget on Jordan Wilkins oh, wow. in, in part because Marlon Mack was potentially going to be out, but more so that if Mack were to get injured, Wilkins is going to be the obvious guy that steps in over Naeem Hines. That same thought process now applies to a handful of running backs, one of which we didn't realize was going to take over, essentially Daryl Williams, mm-hmm. with Damian Williams out. McCoy was supposed to be the guy, and he did get two touchdowns, but Daryl Williams got more of the touches. However, of course, Wayne Gallman is going to be the, the key topic mm-hmm. of conversation and fits that mold pretty pretty well. Saquon Barkley, obviously, out with a dread high ankle sprain. Four to eight weeks is the timetable we're getting mm-hmm. right now. I think there's an MRI coming Monday, so we don't or today or it happened yes. I, I have no idea. The mm-hmm. MRI is going to be determining how long he's going to be out. Either way, it's going to be at least a month. I think it was done yesterday, but the results haven't That's been out it. yet. Thank you, thank you for filling in for my my tongue tightness there. <laughs> uh, again, Gallman's going to be the guy for the next month with Daniel Jones at quarterback. This is now suddenly an offense that you want to get a handful of shares of. Whether it be like I said, man, running back receiver, quarterback, running back receiver, there's a guy that we're going to talk about in each of ours. This is this is a possibility where if you are a guy that maybe has a Devonta Freeman who did okay last week, but has been otherwise decrepit for the past couple of weeks, or David Montgomery uh, again, 67 yards last night, but really has not been a big factor that you are anticipating being your running back too. Gallman fills into that that category pretty well. How high are you going? Uh, in your fab budget or your waiver wire claim. I think he's easily going to be the first or second waiver wire claim, but at least in free agent bidding process, where do you want to go after with Gallman? Is he a spend all your budget kind of guy? Some people are going to tell you that, and I think I am going to kind of put a safety bid in in a way. I'm not going to let someone get away with snagging him for really cheap, but the number that I'm thinking for myself personally right now I'm not really willing to go more than twenty six, twenty seven, and I've seen a lot about of other. Your budget? Yeah, about a quarter. I, I haven't even. I've seen a lot of other people out there that are even less than that. I think um, I always consider it this way with running or fantasy football, especially running backs: fifty percent skill, fifty percent opportunity. If you had to grade someone out of a hundred, it would be fifty points each way here, and opportunity here, obviously fifty. Now, um, this could very well be happening while we're recording this 
podcast, but I have to imagine the Giants are going to sign somebody else, right? I don't know if it's a, if it's a Jay Ajayi or they trade for someone else's third stringer or they, they find a way to get another name in that backfield. It seems like it just has to happen to C. me. C.J. Anderson? Yeah, C.J. Anderson. Exactly. Something. Like, I mean, we saw C.J. Anderson come on, catch on with the Rams last year and be, be a factor right away. Obviously, the Todd Gurley injury played a factor there if we have another injury here. Um but I have to imagine they're going to supplement him a little bit. It's not just going to be the Wayne Gallman 25, 30 touches and game show here. So that makes me a little bit cautious. So that's part of it. We've kind of seen him do it before. I, I, I guess you can say, you know, he's, he's scored a touchdown in 2017, the yards per carry, which is a horrible stat. I hate to refer to it, but it's been over, he was 4.3 yards per carry over 111 carries in 2017. So they were slight. Um, again, what was his best competition back then? Paul Perkins or something like that. I mean, so there were slight chances, you know, we've seen, um, you know, he was out on the field for, uh, looks like 41 snaps this, uh, past week um five carries for 13 yards you know nothing too crazy exciting he's a capable pass catcher he's done it in the past yeah sure the offense is going to be better without Eli and we always say that a mobile quarterback helps the running back a little bit but you know if I give the guy so I give him the full 50 for opportunity now unless that changes maybe 25 for skill you know he's a C running back Mm -hmm. he's going to be kind of in RB2 ter- I'm sorry, RB2 when the matchup's good, a lot of times RB3, and you might need him for flexes. Uh, if your running back situation is really bad, if you punted running backs on your draft, then go ahead, go go bid higher. But if you're bidding, you know, for me, I guess this year I, I did put a lot of emphasis, and I have two or three decent running backs with a couple of good handcuffs in most of my leagues. I'm doing safety bids there. Um, I think there's one league where I could use a back room. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump the bid up to 27. But beyond that, you know, it's going to be like a $21 safety bid. And that's not going to win him. And I'm going to be okay with that because um, it's a high ankle sprain for Saquon, you know, four to eight weeks. That's a decent amount of time. Um, he, he's going to have utility for that. But there are so many factors that could change that, especially whether they bring someone in. And I just don't think he's ever been, you know, that particularly good and if you look ahead um you know he's got washington here week four uh then minnesota that's a pretty tough matchup week five new england's a pretty tough matchup week six so i only know for a fact i'm starting him once out of the next three weeks unless i'm all that desperate there's a lot of you know i i don't want to poo poo the guy but that's essentially what i'm doing there's too many strikes against him for me to be willing to pay what it's going to cost to get him so this is my word of caution for you guys no need to blow a 30-year budget this early i'd say that until the same type of name on a better team comes around week seven eight nine and you can get someone that helps with your playoff run can you convince me otherwise though Joe? well the, the schedule was a pretty damning evidence to not spend significant fab budget on gallman right like mm-hmm. the vikings defense is legitimately one of the best in the nfl if it weren't for the bears i think you would probably say yeah or even the packers frankly mm-hmm. three of the top 10 defenses in the fa- in the nfc north is is very telling right now but that's a difficult matchup and he's going to have to go against every one of those teams yet for the rest of the year and the lions actually might be pretty good defense too uh the patriots as well that's that's difficult so if you're saying all right i'm going to spend let's say 60 percent of my fab budget on the starting running back for the giants mm-hmm. but you can only really confidently use him for one week is it worth it? And I, I don't. I kind of agree with you. I'm not sure it is. Now, I do want to play the thought process out a little bit more. Let's say they don't sign a C.J. Anderson or a, a J.J. or they trade for Melvin Gordon or whatever. None of that happens. So we know Wayne Gallman is the starter. And we, we can only work on um, potential, right, when we're recording this podcast on Tuesday. Right. So let's play this and, out and say he is going to be the starter, and he's going to be the starter for the next three or four weeks. Do you feel more comfortable bidding up him then? I've, yes, I would. If we just yeah, if we play that thought experiment and say he is, 
you know, I, I would bid up a little bit more for him. You know, I could see myself going up to, I always do that where I go a dollar or two above the even number to, you know, just try yeah. to, start, try well, to that's sneak what that. So yep. yeah, everyone kind of does that. So maybe you have to go up to, to 33, 34, $36 more than that. And I think you're getting a little bit out of hand, but I'm pretty sure he's going to go for a lot more than that in our stake league aside. Oh, uh, sure. That's a 14 team league. That's a little bit differently. Um, and you know, to keep in track of the thought experiment here, uh, I don't think the Giants, even with the Daniel Jones, he had one good game. I don't think that anyone really thinks they're serious contenders all of a sudden. And I don't think that they think they're serious contenders. Right. So while they're going to sign somebody for depth, that's almost a guarantee. He's the only other running back on their active roster right now. Something like trading for a uh, Melvin Gordon's just off the table. Why, why would you do that when given the trajectory that you're on? Now watch, of course, that's going to happen after well, we record I see, I this. Can, I, can we'll talk that, I can talk that one pretty easily. All right, let's say you trade for a fourth or fifth round pick of Melvin Gordon. Gordon's all fine. He doesn't even need the extension at this point, right? If he goes to the Giants, because he has the opportunity to play for the contract extension. He could have done that with the Chargers, but the Austin Ecklers and Justin Jackson cut into his workload. That will not happen at all with the Giants situation. And maybe they stumble into uh, where they get two and three or, you know, one and three and uh, one and four in the, situ- uh, the season. Fine. They get a compensatory pick if Melvin Gordon signs a ridiculously high contract, which is entirely mm-hmm. possible if he gets the workload of a Saquon Barkley. Now, again, I, I don't think they're going to do that, but it's not inconceivable that the 3% the, chance at best. I'll go 10%. I'll 3%. Go higher than that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. E- either way, the, the, the point being, if Wayne Gallman is going to be the guaranteed starter, they don't sign anyone of significant value value I, I think i do invest in and now i do have an nffc league where i have duke johnson as my running back too and i'm sweating bullets every week now we mm-hmm. crush it on the receivers myself and my partner dylan mcgee uh on the team we, we have the tear mclaurin as like wide receiver five we have john ross as wide receiver four like that team is mm-hmm. stacked i consider mclaurin four and ross wide receiver five for the record there. okay well whatever <laughs> no i'm just saying like those are our those are our backups and we have the josh gordon still as well that we can throw in at flex so the the key piece is a running back too we spent, I think, three fifty in our fab budget for Terry McLaurin in a different league, and I felt very fine with that now, and I feel even more fine about that now, or at this mm-hmm. point. I don't know why I wouldn't go to 500 or 50% of my budget if I really need a running back too. And if it mm-hmm. doesn't work out, there is going to be somebody else, especially as people get cut and mm-hmm. bye weeks. There's going to be and, somebody else that you won't be able to get having spent half your budget. I think there's going to be somebody else that if we're a little bit more aggressive – targeting and again we do this podcast we have to have mm-hmm. the research out there of course targeting but that if we you strike out you're done <laughs> yeah but i'm already done with duke johnson like this is a league winning <laughs> team and i'm sure all the people are out there right now have league winning teams even with saquon barkley is the number one overall pick and you're like all right yeah. I can what do you do, do about that by the way that's an interesting conversation it what is. do you do is it a buy sell or a hold situation I i'm trading i'm trading i'm trading for literally anything i can get um you're, so you're dumping saquon off you're gonna I'm sell getting, him i'm getting rid of saquon barkley entirely if you're saying mm-hmm. all right here's uh, I, I I didn't really like David Montgomery entering the year. David Montgomery for Saquon Barkley, immediate. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not even, no negotiating. Yes. Hit I'm a Chris Carson owner in a couple places, and I'm going to try to hit that trade button on the bar, on the Barkley owner. Is that a move that you would take as a Barkley owner, hypothetically? D- yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. getting anything. I don't like Chris Carson. I, like I, I would, I would be trying to trade him literally any chance I could mm-hmm. right now. Three fumbles in three weeks. That's not good when you have a first round pick behind you right now. And who's mm-hmm. been a pretty productive one when he's had time and Rashad mm-hmm. Penny. Royce yeah. Freeman for Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that one? Um, I would rather have the Saquon Barkley side, I think, of that. But it's really, really close. I'm taking see, the asset. See, Freeman. I think we're thinking about this from opposite sides, which is good for the for the, for the the purpose of this show here. You're trying to dump him and get something. If I'm 
in a league where I'm two and one, or definitely if I'm three and zero, oh, I might be thinking about trying to snag him for the playoff run because you know, could be four weeks, could be eight weeks. I got it, but his playoff schedule. Let's see here. Uh, week thirteen against the Packers. Week fourteen at Philly. Week fifteen against the Dolphins. That's a that's pretty sweet. So if you get him, ba- if you get Saquon Barkley back for those games, then all of a sudden things are getting uh, looking pretty nice. Um, I would. Okay, so I've I have Chris Carson in two leagues. Mm-hmm. All right, and I backed him up with Rashad Penny because I knew he was going to be the starter off the bat. But you know, I, I can't. I'm not going to pre- pretend I was clairvoyant with the fumble issues and whatnot. <laughs> but I just, I, I did, I just. It's Chris Carson, all right? Yep. So I, I paid a premium for Rashad Penny. I've got Rashad Penny in, two, in both leagues where I have Chris Carson. I'm going to offer. I'm going to offer the Saquon Barkley owner for Chris Carson because he's going to be moving to my bench anyway in the near future. And I'm going to see if I can catch the guy willing to get him because, you know, I'm, I'm confident that I can play the wire and, and, you know, play the right matchups here to get me to the playoffs, in which case Saquon Barkley with a reinvigorated offense, with Golden Tate back in the mix, with Daniel Jones at the helm in the fantasy playoffs, you know, the Giants will probably, who knows, maybe the Giants will contend. I very much doubt that, but they'll still be playing, trying to score points, trying mm-hmm. to win games, seeing, you know, really what they've got out of Daniel Jones at, at that time of year. And I think Saquon Barkley could be really useful. I don't see a situation where they just hold him out the rest of the year. It's a high ankle sprain. It's serious, but it's not a season ending injury. So the juicy playoff schedule, the improved offense, I would trade Chris Carson. We were talking before the show. I'd maybe even consider trading Carryon Johnson because what's going to happen here is Carryon Johnson is going to have a pretty good week this week against the Chiefs, right? Then he's got a bye week. Then he's got to go at Green Bay versus Minnesota. Um, so, so it's a tough, it's a tough run. I'd consider, uh, you know, because Carryon Johnson was someone who I was thinking about moving to my bench pretty soon anyway, with him being tougher trust on a week to week. I'd maybe ship Carryon Johnson off to get Saquon Barkley. And see, I'm all in on acquiring Carryon Johnson, but I was also in on Carryon anyway, so I can't acquire him in any leagues because I already have him. Uh, mm-hmm. But at least given given with the release of C.J. Anderson, Ty Johnson didn't do anything at least this week. Maybe he factors in more as the season progresses. The Lions sure. are uh, mm-hmm. undefeated currently. They're 2-0-1. They have a tie with mm-hmm. the Cardinals in Week 1. So they're very much in this competition, which is yeah. going to be deadly in the NFC North for a playoff spot. Let's check the rest of season rankings real quick before we move on to another a couple of running backs. We have moved Saquon Barkley down to number 18 overall. That is just behind Josh Jacobs, Todd Gurley, and James Conner. That's just ahead of David Montgomery, Carrion Johnson, and Chris Carson. I actually didn't look at all those names, I swear. Uh, Sony Michelle's the next one on that list. That's an interesting. Would you rather Sony Michelle or Saquon Barkley at this point? I'm going to keep, I think I'm keeping Barkley there. You, you can give me something better than a guy that's getting 17 carries in a mm-hmm. blowout victory with the spread over 23 points. All right. Was. Well, speaking of Sony Michelle, I think that gives us a good opportunity to transition to some of these other backs here. Rex Burkhead's getting a little bit involved. Do you have any interest in backing up your Gallman bids with him? Believe it or not, I had to start Rex Burkhead in the league this week. Uh, and I've actually had to start him in the last th- three weeks and he's been pretty good. Now it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh God, it was entirely because of Melvin Gordon's situation. It was an early draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had uh, Ronald Jones, who's been internally disappointing for me. We'll talk to about him as well so i've had to start rex burkhead and i've kind of stumbled into some pretty good <laughs> shares by default i'm not going and trying to acquire him right now i think the situation mm-hmm. last week against the dolphins i'm sorry against the jets which is basically the other version of the dolphins only new york mm-hmm. style um with sam darnold out and james white who's um who's happily having a child this week so he wasn't able to play um uh, of course like yeah that, that's the big thing that people forget about right you know? so you'll james look at, white will be back in the mix and you don't i don't see rex burkhead catching six passes in a game when james white is back yeah no and he's still getting a decent amount of target percentage share or, or mm-hmm. getting at least um yeah. shares of the workload mm-hmm. 
I think Sony Michelle is absolutely cut bait. Like I'm not, I'm not dropping him, but God, if I can trade him for anything, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm treating him like Saquon Barkley. I want him off my team as soon yeah. as possible. He's in that fantasy purgatory. You can't cut him. You definitely can't start him. He sucks up a roster spot, and you can't trade him for Thank anything. Thank God so I what felt that way. Do? Event like already to start the season, I was very confident. That I don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with Sony Michelle, and uh, that's one of the ones I definitely got right. And mm-hmm. I'm not going out and getting Rex Burkhead, but I understand where somebody might think that. Oh mm-hmm. wow, he did a lot last week. Well. James White was out and wasn't due to injury. It was just during for something. Patriots were like the Bears for me in draft season. I was like, dude, three guys, four guys in some situations. I'm just not going to touch it. Maybe I'll take, I'll try to dabble with some Harrison and Dynasty. Never ended up happening. Uh, So I was fortunate enough to avoid that situation. So while Rex Burkhead week to week has 16 team low end flex appeal because you could maybe catch a couple bass passes, might find the end zone. We have no idea. It's a complete roulette wheel. It's a spin of the wheel of what's going to happen. So you know you could put a dollar or two in him he's worth a roster spot given the right scenarios but he's not going to see 57 snaps again that's for sure i think jamal williams believe it or not is actually worth a roster spot at this juncture of the season right now and Mm -hmm. he's kind of in the same mold with rex burkhead where there's clearly other options available and frankly better than him certainly in the case of james white uh, and i think even sony michelle begrudgingly is better than rex burkhead aaron jones is clearly the better running back he got two touchdowns last week but hidden in those touchdowns was the fact that jamal williams i think outsnapped Aaron Jones altogether. Aaron Jones had 38.6% of the snaps. Jamal Williams had 61.4% of the snaps. Wasn't even close. Yeah, almost double. I mean, it it was pretty wild here. I'm going to look at these again real quick, just the totals. Uh, 35 for Jamal Williams, 22 for Aaron Jones. So when you look at it that way, it's not quite as bad. And of course, fullback legend Danny Vitale with 19. I watched most of that game. It didn't feel like Jamal Williams was out there significantly, but when he was on there, he did pop. Like there, there were some energy plays that he had, and he brings something to that offense yeah. that I don't know. I the don't thing that everybody it. forgets uh, about you know last year when it was the big free Aaron Jones campaign, and Jamal Williams was still getting all those carries. Jamal Williams f's people up in pass blocking. <laughs> yeah. Blitzers come and they're like, "Whoa, he just licked." I mean, he just he crushes people. So obviously, if you're the Packers. Keeping Rodgers upright is priority numero uno at all times, and he's going to get snaps on the field just for that reason. But it sounds like Matt Lafleur, who you know we can agree at least with Tennessee last year was you know a more run heavy coach. You're not going to be a, a run. You're not going to lean more than fifty percent run when Rodgers is your best player. But you're going to make the running game a bigger role and allow that to open up play action. He wants to manage Jones. Jones maybe isn't necessarily built to have that huge workload. Obviously, if I came down to who do I want to start on a week-to-week basis, I'm still taking Jones. I love the touchdown upside. He's still got in the end zone. Uh, but Jamal Williams is worth owning if you're kind of looking for shares of a timeshare. At least there's less there's less heads in that timeshare in Green Bay than there is in New England. In a 12-team league, he might be flexible especially with bias coming up in 14 team leagues. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's, a, he's very much of a flexible guy. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. Like five to 10 points in a PPR format. I think you're reasonably can assume he's going to get that given how much they've been mm-hmm. using Jamal Williams and how Matt LaFleur last week talked him up to the point where we saw again, the significant difference in snap share. So mm-hmm. it's, it's worth watching. I'm definitely going to be going after him in, in deeper leagues. If he's not already taken uh, another guy that I think needs to be have at least acquired in almost all formats at this point, Daryl Williams, we don't know how long Damian Williams is going to be out, if he's going to be out for an extended time. But if he is, it's Daryl Williams that's getting the, the majority of the mm-hmm. workload, not LaShawn McCoy. And maybe that's because McCoy also was dinged up entering the week. I don't know. But I, I was impressed with what Daryl Williams was able to do with the ball as opposed mm-hmm. to my, uh, LaShawn McCoy. Whoever plays running back in this offense is going to be a fantasy <laughs> asset. He's going to be a locked-in running back, number two, 
on a week to week basis. If you can, if you could tell me, uh, you know, whether it's you know, McCoy Williams, whatever, if you tell me who gets the largest percent of the snap share running back in that, it's a, almost a matchup proof thing. They're going to be a player. And right now, it seems to be looking like Daryl Williams. I mean, carried the ball nine times for 62 yards, caught five passes for 47 yards after playing a combined five snaps on offense over the first two weeks. And this is against the Ravens defense, who we generally tend to regard pretty highly. Now, at Detroit next week's a little bit tough. Indy, Houston, Denver, Green Bay, Minnesota. Not By no means is that the easiest of schedule, but this is the best offense in the league. So this matters less to me than when I'm looking at a Wayne Gallman or something like that, for example, here. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely a guy that I'm backing up the Gallman bids on. Um, Like I mentioned with the Kyle Allen, Daniel Jones situation before, I'm going to put a modest safety bid on on Gallman. And then I'm going to put maybe, let's say, a $6 bid on Daryl Williams and see if I can get him there. I think I'm going to end up with more Daryl Williams than I am Wayne Gallman. because of the injury situation and just because of uh, the offense here, um, I rank him as number two in terms of available backs this week. Uh, running backs, I'm looking to cut right now because I, I just need to vent a little bit about Duke Johnson. When he got traded to the Texans and they gave up a, a significant draft capital for him, oh my God, all right, he's the guy. He's mm-hmm. he's going to be the one that's getting the carries and, and receptions and like, this is perfect. I like the Texans offense. I'm all into Sean Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Duke Johnson's going to benefit. And then, of course, cut down week comes and we have Carlos Hyde somehow make his way over to the Texans, completely jeopardizing every sort of mm-hmm. opportunity that Duke Johnson seems to have. And for whatever the reason, Bill O'Brien is completely invested in Carlos Hyde. And I, in shallow leagues, especially in standard formats, I'm cutting Duke Johnson. The same goes for Jordan Howard. While he looked okay, did he get the touchdown last week? Miles Sanders seems to be coming into his own. Mm-hmm. He had over 100 total yards. He didn't fumble, though. So, again, not quite ready for the Miles Sanders train, hype train to take uh, take shape and Adrian Peterson, I think, is cuttable, too, even if mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins comes at a quarterback. I, I want more Chris Thompson if I'm going to be getting any running back from the Redskins. I, I just think that Peterson and Washington relationship is, is slowly, maybe even quickly crumbling because when they had the healthy backfield with Darius Geis week one, he was inactive. There were all those reports about him being very, very unhappy with that. And you could see him while, while you were watching the game last night. There's the third and short. There's the goal line work. And they're yeah. handing it off mm-hmm. to Chris Thompson in those situations while Adrian Peterson is watching from the sideline. And he looks not happy. Not happy at all. And maybe he thinks he's still got it. Maybe he overestimates what he's got left. But in any case, I think that relationship's uh, crumbling on its way out. And I don't see Good it point. necessarily leading to more work for Peterson. I've never seen a more aggressive high five after they score the touchdown. Like he like stalked over to Chris Thompson <laughs> and like Ugh, kind of aggressively high fives and like, like let's hmm, all maybe I can break his hand real quick. Yeah, I bet you if he really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was apparently sabotaged by Adrian Peterson in that contest. Yeah, I, again, droppable Adrian Peterson. I think in shallow leagues, Duke Johnson, Jordan Howard, particularly Duke at uh, standard formats. I'm I'm completely out on him. We're going to move to the receivers. Unfortunately, it's not going to be as big of a deal as maybe the last two or three weeks with all the John Rosses and Terry McLaurins of the world. But before we do that, I want to get a word from our sponsors, Side Boss. Week four of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Side Boss has got you covered. If you missed entering the side boss pro pick'em contest it's not too late to join week four and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season in addition to our, our pro pick'em contest where uh, players choose five games against the spread each week side boss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end play any side boss weekly or daily free to play games can you get all the picks correct and boom you win cash and entry into the side boss $150,000 private nfl contest go to contest.sideboss.com Use promo code RotoWare to get in on that action. All right. So we talked about the Nelson Aguilar of the world. I didn't realize how um, divisive of a player he was. Player, not fantasy-wise, 
there are a lot of people that really hate, hate Nelson Aguilar, mm-hmm. and a lot of Eagles fans. I don't know if it's just because he dropped that Falcons touchdown that probably wins them the game. Or I think just the, viral, the viral video has something to do with that. Like, there's a lot of people that hate Nelson Aguilar. In my FanDuel lineup, which I ended up cashing for the, it was just a cash game. He was 72 percent owned, and for a while, it's like. Oh man, he, he's he's doing awful. Fifty like, fifty. Remember, remember, right. I talked about that at the beginning. Fifty fifty points for skill, fifty points for opportunity. He got the full fifty for opportunity this week with two Elshon, touchdowns. Yeah, with Elshon Jeffrey and uh, and Deshaun Jackson both out. So he's going to get the. You have to check the injury report and the inactives. It's a short week, short turnaround. They got the Packers, and it's a tougher matchup. Of course, maybe you'll see some more Jair Alexander if he really is their best pass catching option that 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 is active here. Um, but he got the full 50 for opportunity last week. And even if he only got 10 for skill, that's a passable grade. I'm not playing Nelson Aguilar this week in any way. Like I think the Packers defense is going to do legitimately pretty good. And if I'm going to go roll the dice on an Eagles receiver, I think it's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside that I would probably feel more comfortable with as maybe a deep or as a, a deep ball catch or even a red zone touchdown. I don't think Aguilar is where I want to go this week against the Packers defense on a Thursday night, a short week with Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeff missed time. Nicole Hardman had a long touchdown. Demarcus Robinson had an amazing touchdown. Back again, Chiefs offense. I think you just need to play everyone, and it feels at this point that at least America's got the hint that we need to get as many Chiefs offensive players mm-hmm. as we can in our lineups regardless. Yeah, it's like peak Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, where you got a running back, a quarterback, three receivers, and a tight end with full utility, almost getting must-start at the worst-case scenario, like low-end flex guys. So, uh, yeah, go ahead and, and pick up all those shares. Those guys shouldn't sit on the waiver wire anymore, and I don't think they will for long. I mean, Hardman's someone that uh, – I'm really sad that I can no longer use them in DFS. I've used them in DFS back to back weeks. That price is going to get to the point yep. where it's no longer, you know, it's a lot more difficult to get that uh, that same kind of ROI. So uh, that is, I'm missing that, and I missed getting them in leagues too this year. I, I, he was some guy. He was on my dollar player list at the end of a lot of auctions. Um, never ended up playing out that way. But uh, if you can still get him, if your owners have been asleep at the wheel, uh, that should be the first name you type in. I was disappointed by Devin Smith's production with Michael Gallup out for an extended time. I thought Devin Smith was going to be able to step up, but maybe it was just game script with the the Cowboys having two different 100-yard rushers in both Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, who we mm-hmm. didn't even mention in the running back spot, but that's just how little I think yeah. of the Cowboys' offensive scheme yeah. against the Dolphins. I mean, on the bright side, he did have a higher snap share than even Demar- Amari Cooper, so at least he's out there on the field. Yep. Um, we'll, you know, we'll kind of see what happens at New Orleans versus Green Bay over these next couple of weeks, but um, it's almost desperation mode if you're putting him in your starting lineup well hey don't insult me too much here now jake uh and then golden tate is your weekly reminder definitely try to pick him up if he's still available james washington was a guy we targeted last week hey say mason rudolph was his college starting quarterback they have a connection they looked pretty good in the preseason together well, it was actually Deontay Johnson that ends up doing pretty good on Sunday, and he was the starter. It was Dante so weird. Dante Moncrief yeah. was inactive. Yeah, Moncrief was inactive. Johnson got the start, but the snap share was still 100% for Juju, 92.5% for Washington, and 79.2% for Deontay Johnson. I still think that Washington, obviously Juju's the guy to own, but beyond Juju, if there is one to own, I still think it's Washington, but he just hasn't done it so far. Only two receptions, four, four targets, um, just he kept He's caught exactly two passes in three straight games, so he's nothing but consistent. Okay matchup against Cincinnati. Then it gets tougher against Baltimore and at the Chargers before a bye week. So Washington, as interesting as he is, if you're you're stuck and are making a tough spot, I could see cutting bait instead of holding on to him for, you know, weeks 8, 9, and 10. Um, But I still think that I would rather have Washington over Deontay. 
the biggest receiver free agent I think available. And frankly, I have him in a few leagues out of dire necessity as opposed to just trying to be smart about. But Philip Dorsett, Antonio Brown getting cut earlier last week, uh, does not sound like he's coming back to any team, whether it be the Patriots or elsewhere for the rest of this season. But that really benefits Dorsett. Of course, in week one, when Antonio Brown was not around, he had the long touchdown pass. Josh Gordon looked pretty good in that contest, too. Now he gets his run against the Jets last week and Julian Edelman may or may not be out with an injury. He certainly missed some time Sunday with the injury. Um, We don't know yet his status for this week. Where are you going and how aggressive are you going to be with Philip Dorsett? Because I, if I don't have him in a few leagues already, I might try to be a little bit aggressive when it comes to fab budget for him. Mm -hmm. We've got him as wide receiver 51 for the rest of the season, so not crazy high on him yet. I I would say that that spot probably merits a couple bumps up um, just because of the increased opportunity here in an offense that seems like it's going to be pretty dang good again so uh i'll throw a bit out there for him um again i've got josh gordon in one league and ab in another league so i'll definitely need to throw a bit out there in the Mm -hmm. ab league if he's not owned already after the you know week one um but no he he looks like a guy who you can probably rely on to possibly start or flex a decent amount of games uh the rest of the year of course uh it's going to be dependent on the edelman injury and of course i rank josh gordon higher in, in any single situation but uh he's out of the receivers that are pretty thin this week, um, I'd put him number two because I'd still take rest of season Golden Tate. Both of these guys fit our thresholds. Golden Tate's, I don't think I take, uh, we're going to talk about a couple guys maybe more, our uh, receivers, tight ends, but I don't, there's no receiver in that threshold that is above Golden Tate who's actually in our threshold right now. Yeah, I agree with you. Preston Williams, this is more of a reminder that that might be, or that might be the only guy that's worth owning from anybody from the Dolphins side offensively. Mm-hmm. And the switch from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Josh Rosen has done nothing in terms of uh, Preston Williams' targets. He had 12 last week again, or last Sunday against the Cowboys. I have him in a league where I desperately needed receivers anyway. Uh, I had to start him this week, and it was okay. And that's mm-hmm. kind of all I'm expecting if I have to start Preston Williams anyway. Yes, that team is 0-3. Don't don't mm-hmm. ask anymore. Yeah, I mean, he was tied with uh, Devontae Parker, 95.8% of team snaps. Jakeem Grant, and you know, really a non-factor there. Alan Hearns, pretty much a non-factor there. With that, you're hoping that uh, they face a team that gets ahead so much that doesn't care about defense at the end and you can get a couple garbage time touchdowns yeah. this is what you think of uh for these guys and uh you know i've got Devonte parker in a 14 team stake league but he's next on my chopping block when i need a guy yeah i agree with you on that one and the tight ends is equally kind of weak i guess i i picked up jason witten in stake league he's gotten touchdown in the past two weeks before that didn't score this week he did get 50 receiving yards honestly i had uh that was my jordan reed eric ebron team so i was like all right whatever stake league was my hunter henry team so i'm fine uh, with i turned points. down an offer from someone who wanted to trade me jason Witten. i always i always can't stand it when an owner just picks someone up from the waiver wire oh, and yeah, then sends and you a trade offer yeah. for him it's like dude if i wanted him exactly i could have yeah. found a way to get him it's not like i was just sleeping that week um but but in any case yeah i ended up going with vernon davis instead mm, um, that thinking the- that there would be um, you know, at least at least he'd be playable in a fourteen yep. team league with no Jordan Reed. He hasn't been so far. He's trying to hurdle nothing. <laughs> apparently, I don't know if anyone caught that. I saw a meme where that, it's like oh, somebody pushed the push the yeah you push the wrong button on a video game. Like he just like hurdled nothing and then Amukamara stepped back and then tackled. He baited him, him on <laughs> that one. Amukamara baited him, and Vernon Davis scored the touchdown in Week One because he hurdled somebody so of course he's going to go back to that mm-hmm. idea like that wasn't yeah. that was just a smart play by a veteran cornerback as opposed to mm-hmm. um vernon davis doing anything yeah. particularly okay. stupid but yeah, okay so enough. jason witten 
I Will Disley's number one, though, right? He's 46%, yeah. so he's he barely... Uh, he scored another touchdown. There so he's go. got three touchdowns in the last two weeks. So uh, week two against Pittsburgh, five for 52 scores. Week three against the Saints, six for 62, one score. And he's got the Cardinals this week who let TJ uh, Hawkinson annihilate them in week one, I think it was. So, Mark uh, Andrews ran wild as well against mm-hmm. them, too. You're right. Will Disley, that might actually be behind Wayne Gallman. That might be one of my highest waiver wire pickups if yeah. I'm going that direction. See, now a lot of people... Will D- Disley was a big DFS hype guy this week, so I'm thinking, ooh, I'm going to get him for my DFS lineup because it's the Cardinals, but uh, it's not going to be a GPP play because I, I would guess in most major GPPs he'll be about 40% owned. And uh, Sorry to go for the, too much DFS terminology here. Uh, yeah, you know, save we, that we for play, the Friday play podcast. It all here. Uh, yeah, yeah, Laird and Scott do a really excellent job with that uh, later in the week if you have a chance to check that out. But no, I think Disley's the best tight end at 46%, and if I can't get him and I have the spot to do it, um, I, I actually got a, a Twitter message this week about like, man, I've got Greg Olson. I've got TJ Hawkinson. I'm afraid of Olson uh, breaking down. And I think, uh, and I just, TJ Hawkinson's too inconsistent. Should I spend $0 on Chris Herndon this week? And that kind of got sparked it. And I was like, okay, well, I need to look into Chris Herndon. He was mildly serviceable last week, you know, or last year, I should say. Right. I'll give him that. There were a couple weeks where, uh, he, I actually picked him up in my Gronk league and still made the playoffs because I got something out of my tight end, uh, you know, you know, last year. So uh, he's a decent holdover. I mean, obviously he's got the same situation as Golden Tate. Um, you know, he's got that suspension, and then he'll come back. Uh, top fifteen tight end, maybe, but you know, when you're in the tight ends in that ten to fifteen range, they're all pretty interchangeable. Yeah, so I, I advise the guy that questioned me to, you know. Really, it's going to depend on who you're dropping because carrying three tight ends uh, is is a real tough predicament when you're going to entering bye weeks here and have to make tough roster decisions. Um, he's up there. This is just kind of another friendly warning like Tate where maybe the last week you'll be able to get him for nothing. I'll remind you guys about him next week. Of course, he's got a week four bye here, so there's not uh, there's not much going on there, but only 12% on, so he's out there if you need him, Chris Herndon, um, as a kind of a look-ahead type scenario. Worth pointing out our latest update on Sam Darnold was that he should be able to play week five so obviously they have the bye this week very interesting. Um, coming back from mono week five if that's the case you feel more mm-hmm. comfortable with herndon than you would be with luke falk more comfortable with jameson crowder too yeah crowder certainly becomes more of a ppr asset he but i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if you were playing against the patriots even sam darnold was out there it's interesting the smarks of fantasy and i i don't like I, obviously we do this for a living we we're we are we should be i consider you probably more of a fantasy smart than me. The, 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 they are more in on Chris Herndon than I was. I didn't want a tight end who was, like you said, interchangeable in that 10 to 15 mm-hmm. range that also was missing four games. Yeah. I still don't feel comfortable with that, but I don't want anything mm-hmm. to do with the Jets passing offense uh, other than Crowder, frankly. Like Le'Veon Bell is fantastic, but I think he's more of an all-around player. Yeah. I don't want the Robbie Andersons of the world. I don't yeah. want Herndon either. I just see Herndon as more of a red zone threat than any of those yeah. guys on the receiving core, and that's it. And I mean, when you're looking at tight ends in the 10 to 15, 15 range that's really all you're hoping for something that's going to go up and stag red zone balls you're not necessarily hoping for a guy that's going to get you 20 15 20 points a week if he does that's great but you know overall you're kind of limited in that sense so um i feel like he's worth mentioning this week because of the low ownership he's within our threshold he's a tight end who when bye weeks get going you could actually start given the right circumstances like i'm probably going to bid on him in stake league this week because I need somebody, and I have no yeah. idea when I'm getting Hunter Henry back, and what kind of effectiveness I can expect if and when that does happen. Oh, so, that's true. Um, I'm, you know, I, I've been trying to patch it up with Vernon Davis, and you know, while well, he might be the starter there, you know, if they go through a quarterback shakeup, that team's not very good. He's not someone who I feel comfortable plugging in and playing in that position every week. So I'm looking to improve that position actively, and Herndon's one of the guys I'm going to look into. 
It's weird to suggest, but it might be interesting to consider Hayden Hurst as a handcuff in deep leagues at tight end for Mark Andrews, who has been on the uh, injury mm-hmm. injury report and game time decision injury report certainly last week, but even the week before, it was like, oh, maybe he's not going to play. And then Friday, he was able to practice and it was cleared. If Mark Andrews were to miss any time, that's a very, very big situation for Hayden Hurst mm-hmm. to step in and get a 50 to 60 receiving yard game and touchdown. We know how much the Ravens offense runs through the tight ends. Nick Boyle is not a concern to me whatsoever mm-hmm. if that event were did to Did he score this week, or did that touchdown get call, called back? Uh, I don't remember. I, I was That was, again, it was going under in the pack oh, game, so I was yeah, watching yeah, yeah, half you're right. half. Okay, so yeah, against the Chiefs, I, I was definitely split screen this one because I was very intrigued. Uh, Boyle is getting a lot more snaps than Hurst, but uh, you know, I, I'd have to look this up, but I, he's, I consider him in my head is more of a blocker i caught four for 58 last week which is his best game of the season by quite a bit yeah boiled it um and i thought he found the end zone and i think it got called back or he maybe just got called short i i can i Hurst was looking pretty good, too, in that Mm -hmm. game from the few few times that I saw the dark direction. Lamar Jackson Mm -hmm. was a little bit inaccurate, and he was feeling pass rush quite a bit. So, I mean, those those are the concerns you have with Lamar Mm -hmm. as the quarterback. But 22 snaps for Hurst, 43 for Boyle, so that's the other thing. But I do agree that uh, of those, if, if something were to go down to Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle's role would stay the same. Hayden Hurst would become would, a much more of a pass-catching yeah. option. That's how it would lay out, and I'm pretty confident in that. And moving over to the defenses, we've been touting the Packers' defense now as a pickup, really, for last week with the Broncos, but even before then, because of this stretch, right, that we had the the Broncos in Week 3, and then a fluky, maybe weird stuff happens on a Thursday night game against the Eagles, who are now banged up and missing many of the receivers as another option. They're not 71% owned. So at least we've been doing our jobs correctly yep, and, exactly. and pushing them out there. Y'all missed your shot there, so, so I hope, <laughs> hopefully you got them while you could. If you're going to stream a defense this week, it might be the Colts against Derek Carr. The average yeah. yard per, or like depth per target is really, really short for mm-hmm. Derek Carr to the point where you have to imagine the Colts' defense, they're going to be mm-hmm. a highly – they're predicted to win this week. So And the spread, I think, was pretty significant too. I like the Colts overall, and I think mm-hmm. – it's, yeah, the that's Colts, one of those times where yeah. they beat the Raiders. It's right? my check boxes, right? You know, you got a low implied total for the Raiders, and you got the Colts at home. Colts are only fifteen percent owned on Yahoo. Um, you know, I was flipping through, really trying to stretch names. This is one where I get, I got to check out Jerry's article, uh, the streaming defense one, because there's a couple leagues where I've just like. I'm not going to carry two defenses. I don't care. Whatever. I'll drop the Texans or I'll drop the Chargers right. because they're you know you know they're banged up eight, eight to ten anyway. Yeah. So I'll be able to find someone else and stream the rest of there. I mean, um, just based on how pitiful Washington looked, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. The Giants are only one percent owned. If you really need a streamer, but no. chances are the one no. on your roster is going to be better. Hey, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm so, not doing so that. Think to of myself. it this way. I know you, yeah, you, you were you were giving me a hard time for the Jets love last week, but uh, they're the third highest scoring defense I think in all of fantasy. Remember uh, they put well, they the Patriots put Stidham. Oh yeah, they like, got lucky. Come on, know, like that's not let's not pretend like that yeah, was an astute. I'm just I'm you. just saying bad teams can can occasionally be okay defensive streamers. But they that's have why defensive we don't, talent. Yeah. The Jets have that's, defensive yeah, talent. Right. That's why we don't do devote not. too much time to the defense aspect of the show because it is quite fluky. I'll Some, sometimes like there are weeks where it makes sense, and that's why we are kind of pushing mm-hmm. the Packers because you look at the week four matchups across the board, and it's not necessarily guarantees in any one area. And if there are, it's more the defenses that you would anticipate would be mm-hmm. good. But this is not a situation where, yeah. especially with bias coming up, you might want to be a little bit more proactive when it comes to trying to target a defense if you are streaming them. Of course, mm-hmm. if you have the Bears or yeah. Rams or whatever else, then good. Yeah, That's think of it for the next thing. couple of weeks. There's just, uh, yeah, if there's someone that we felt really strongly about, we'd, we'd sure go ahead and try to tout them. But uh, this week, uh, you know, it's the Colts, but it's lukewarm. Yeah. 
You're right. All right. Well, that does it for us on the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Of course, please rate and review the podcast if you get a chance. Uh, and you can follow me myself at JB Fantasy Sports and Jake at Roto Jake. If you have any questions throughout the week, go ahead and send them our way. Until then, best of luck to your lineups. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.